Welcome to Tutor Talk, the Tutor Doctor podcast where we talk about all things tutor. I'm Becky, the Tutor Experience Coordinator here at Tutor Doctor Home Office, and I'm your host. Today's episode is very exciting as we're releasing the new Learning Styles Guide. Stay tuned for information on where to find the guide and a development topic all about learning styles and using them to help engage your students. The new Learning Styles Guide is now available. Check out this detailed guide for information on different learning styles and strategies, activities, and tips that you can use in your tutoring to engage your students and promote more effective learning. The guide is organized by learning style and subject, and the table of contents is clickable so you can quickly access the section you need. The learning styles guide can be found in the tutor resource library. Scroll through the tabs on the bottom to find the one marked learning styles guide. Click the tab and you will find the links to the North America and UK versions of the guide. The versions contain the same content, we've just altered the spelling. There will also be a Latin America version available soon, so tutors in Latin America, check back soon for the Spanish version. You can find the link to the Tutor Resource Library in the description of this episode. If you download the guide onto your mobile device, you can take it with you to every tutoring session. What exactly are learning styles? Learning style is an educational theory that says that people take in information from the world around them using their senses, and their senses help them to convert that information into learning. There are three learning styles, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Kinesthetic is also sometimes called tactile. The idea behind the theory is that students are going to take in information through one of their three senses, sight, hearing, and touch, or movement. One or more of these senses is going to be particularly effective in helping them to convert that information into learning. So a visual learner is going to take in information more effectively through their sense of sight. And because of that, they're going to be able to more easily convert it into knowledge and understanding and thus learning. Learning styles are a great way to help ensure that you're having effective sessions right from the start. The educational consultant will have done a learning styles assessment with the student during the consultation, and that information should be passed on to you. So you'll have an idea of what sense plays the biggest role in a student's learning. Is it their sense of sight, their sense of hearing, or their sense of touch? Using this knowledge, you can then start to plan sessions that are going to engage your student, even though you don't know a whole lot about them. So if the student is tested as a kinesthetic learner, you can start planning some hands-on strategies that's going to get them interested in tutoring and help them realize that tutoring is a good thing. This will also help them become an active participant in their own educational journey. What's really important to remember about learning styles, though, is it's not about putting students in a box. What it actually is, is about getting to know what works for them. It is important to pull strategies from all learning styles in order to make the most effective sessions possible. Just because a student tests as an auditory learner doesn't mean that you shouldn't use strategies from the visual and kinesthetic as well. What it really means is that that student is more likely to take in information effectively through their sense of hearing. But the more ways that we can present a student with information, the more opportunities they have to internalize that information and turn it into knowledge and understanding. So, the more ways that we can present them with the same information, the more opportunities they have to actually learn what it is that we're teaching them. Like with most educational theories, there is some controversy over the validity of learning styles. There is some research supporting the theory of learning styles, and there's some research 
that refutes the theory of learning styles. What can't be argued, though, is that learning styles are a great way to start getting to know your students. So use them as a way to start building rapport. Add in some of the fun activities suggested in the learning styles guide to get your student interested in tutoring. Many students aren't thrilled about the idea of tutoring, so showing them how fun tutoring can be can be a great way to get them engaged and excited about sessions. Learning styles are a great starting point for tutoring. You get information from the consultation that lets you know what kind of learner the student is, the difficulties that they're having. Maybe you've seen some examples of tests or questions that they've had difficulty with. But what you don't get is a whole lot of information about how you're going to catch that student's attention and make your sessions effective. It can be really difficult when you're first starting out with a student to suss out what exactly is going to work for them. So if you use their learning style and some of the strategies outlined in the learning styles guide, you can start making your sessions effective from day one. Another educational theory is differentiation. Differentiation is the idea that the more ways that we are presented with information, the more opportunities we have to learn it and the more likely we are to learn it. It's been proven really effective in a classroom setting and it's just as effective one-on-one. -on -one. The more that we can pull strategies from different learning styles and give students more opportunities to engage with the material in different ways, the more likely they are to learn it. So don't just stick to visual strategies for a visual learner. Give them the opportunity to interact with the information using auditory and kinesthetic strategies as well. So let's talk about each individual learning style. We'll start with visual. Visual learners like to see it. They learn best through their sense of sight and they tend to think in images. So for these students, when they're remembering an event in their life, they're gonna remember what the room looked like, who was in the room, maybe what people were wearing, all of the different things that they were able to take in through their sense of sight. So they tend to remember most what is seen. For people like myself, I tend to remember people's faces, but I don't very often remember their names. I'm a visual learner. I remember what I've seen, but not so much what I've heard. Visual learners also tend to visualize words before they write them. So this can be a little bit tricky for students who are working on reading and writing. It may take them a little bit longer because they have to visualize the word in their head, decide if it looks right, and then write it down on the piece of paper. They may then take extra time to look at the word and decide whether or not it still looks right. This can result in visual learners needing a little bit more time to complete things, especially writing. Visual people are also able to visualize with great detail, which means that they tend to like very descriptive and sometimes flowery language. As I said, I'm a visual learner myself. When I'm reading a book, I tend to say it's almost like I'm watching TV because I see the pictures in my mind, but I don't necessarily see the words on the page. Your visual student may be the same. So again, give them a little bit more time because making a visual picture in your mind can be very time consuming. Visual students also often prefer a quiet study environment. They're trying to focus their attention on what they're taking in through their sense of sight. So if there's a lot of noise going on in the background, like a dog barking, siblings running around, or mom making dinner in the kitchen, clanging pots and pans, that's going to split their focus because now they're not just concentrating on what they're taking in through their eyes. They're also paying attention to what they're taking in through their ears. This can mean that they're not learning as effectively as they possibly could. It may be worthwhile to politely let the parents know that the noise is distracting for your student and ask them if it's possible to limit that background noise 
or find a quieter place in the home to work. But remember, always work in an open room and never behind a closed door. What's really interesting is that according to the Social Science Research Network, visual learning style is the most predominant, with as many as 65% of people being visual learners. Okay, so now we know a little bit more about visual learners, but how are we going to engage them in tutoring sessions? Visual learners, as I said, really like to see things. So diagrams, charts, graphs, and graphics are really beneficial for these students. Use them in your tutoring sessions and have students create them themselves. It's really going to help cement that learning in their minds. As I said as well, visual students may need a little bit more time. They're visualizing their answers or visualizing what they're going to write on a page. So give them a little bit more time to respond. They're likely flipping through all of their mental pictures of all of the diagrams, charts, graphs, etc. that you've looked at in order to suss out their response. Giving them the time to do that is going to help them feel less pressured and they're more likely to come to the right answer. These students also really benefit from graphic organizers. Things like Venn diagrams, flowcharts, mind maps, all can be really beneficial for them to organize information and see it in a different way. Have them create them and use them in your tutoring as well. Building models is a great strategy. This is actually a differentiation strategy because it's not only visual, but it's also kinesthetic or tactile. Students can build a model using their hands, which is engaging their sense of touch, but in the end, they're gonna come away with a visual product that they can then inspect. Also try color coding with your students. This is really beneficial, especially around exam time or when preparing for a test. Use color-coded highlighters, folders, tabs, in order to help students keep track of information and sort it all out. Finally, visual programs like PowerPoint, Prezi, and Excel can really help these students see the information that they're working with and keep it very organized. So what about auditory learners? Auditory learners like to hear it. They learn best through their sense of hearing. These learners tend to think in sounds. So if they're recalling a memory, they're gonna think about what they heard. Say, for example, your student is thinking about a time when they were on the beach. They're going to hear the sounds of the ocean, hear the seagulls, maybe hear what their dad was saying, but they're not going to remember what color their bathing suit was or the other visual images that they may have happened to have taken in. They're going to remember what they heard. In this sense, auditory learners are kind of the opposite of visual learners. Visual learners tend to remember faces but not names. Auditory people are more likely to remember names, but not faces. Auditory learners often tend to write words based on their pronunciation. For students learning languages, especially English, this can be difficult. In the English language, we have lots of different ways to write the same sounds. So students are more likely to write things phonetically. They're going to sound it out and decide whether or not it seems right based on the sounds that the letters are making. It won't always be right because we have a lot of really complicated ways to make sounds, so this can be a particular challenge for students. Another important thing to remember about auditory students is that they may not remember all the details. Auditory people kind of want to get to the heart of the matter and are less likely to remember all of the little points. They're looking more for the main idea. When you're tutoring an auditory student, there are lots of different ways that you can engage them. Acronyms and mnemonic devices are extremely helpful for these students. Using things like the acronym Roy G. Biv to remember the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, and violet can be really helpful for these students. 
Other mnemonic devices like using song, rhythm, and rhyme can help them remember facts and information as well as steps in a process. When I was in grade 10 biology, my lab partner and I made up a song about the stages of mitosis. I'm many years older now and I still remember every word and I could tell you all phases of mitosis pretty quickly. So these strategies can be really helpful for any student, but particularly for auditory students. It's also important to reduce background noise for auditory students. As I said, these students are taking in most of the information and learning through their sense of hearing. If there's a lot of other things going on to engage that sense, like mom cooking dinner and banging around in the kitchen, it can really split their focus, which means that they're listening to mom in the kitchen at the same time that they're trying to listen to you. So that information might not be taken in as easily. Some of these students might actually work a little bit better with some quiet music playing in the background, but the key here is quiet and background. Music can be a little bit more of a steady noise, so it doesn't tend to be as jarring to the senses and it won't split their focus as easily as something loud like a dog barking. These students also do really well with things like discussions and retellings. Hearing themselves talk about something or hearing other people talk about it can be really helpful in internalizing all of the information and turning it into learning. Finally, recordings can be really helpful for these students. Using things like podcasts or even recording your sessions on Bramble can be really helpful for these students because they can engage with the material over and over and listen to the discussion that's going on in the recording several times in order to help internalize it. The final learning style is kinesthetic. As I said, kinesthetic learners are also sometimes called tactile learners. These learners learn best through their sense of touch, so they like to do it. They think in motion. So they're often gonna remember what they were physically doing when they're recalling a memory. If they're at the beach, they're gonna remember how they were building a sandcastle or running chasing seagulls or digging a hole with their brother. They're hands-on learners, which means that the more that they can interact with material physically, the better off that they're going to be able to learn. These students may trace letters with a finger before spelling. Even though I'm mostly a visual learner, this is something that I do. I'll trace the letters with my finger on a tabletop or in the air when I'm trying to work out a particularly tough spelling. These learners also tend to remember what they've done. One of the things that I've done for kinesthetic students who are learning to read is to associate letter sounds with actions. So for example, the letter J, J, jump. So I would have the students say J, jump, while jumping. And I've seen some of the students that I've done this with use the strategy when trying to decode words. They're sitting at the table in their chair trying to decode a word that starts with the letter J and you see them give a little jump in their seat as they say J. Another really good thing to remember is that many young learners actually start out as more of a kinesthetic learner and they kind of grow into different learning styles as they move along their educational journey. So kinesthetic strategies can be really beneficial for young learners, especially if you're doing things like changing board games into educational activities or doing other hands-on things that are going to really grab their attention and allow them to focus on their learning. So there are some really important things to remember about kinesthetic students, and there's some really great strategies to use as well. So the first thing is to let them fidget. Kinesthetic students need to be comfortable. Remember how I said that they tend to remember the movement that was happening in a given moment? 
If they're sitting in their chair and they're feeling really uncomfortable and they're squirming around trying to get comfortable, that's what they're going to remember, not what you've been trying to teach them. So give them the opportunity to fidget and move around. I really do not recommend allowing students to use fidget spinners or fidget cubes because while they may be beneficial tools, unfortunately, they're often seen as toys, which means while you're trying to teach your student, they're actually trying to master the latest fidget spinner trick and they're not really paying attention to what you're doing. So instead, try using things like stress balls in order to allow your students to move around in a way that's not so distracting. It's also important to try alternative workspaces if your student's not comfortable. Tutoring does not have to take place at the kitchen table. Find a quiet corner where you can sit on the floor or maybe they have a beanbag chair or just try sitting on the couch or sofa. Whatever's gonna allow your student to be the most comfortable so that they can focus on the tutoring is what's going to be most effective. As I said, kinesthetic learners associate learning with movement, so get moving. Try strategies that allow your student to move around the house or interact physically with the content that you're learning. Another strategy that I found really helpful for kinesthetic students, I had a student who had multiple learning disability diagnoses and he could be really difficult to engage. So we took tutoring outside. We lined cardboard pieces with math equations written on them onto the railing of the back deck. The student then had to read the equation and solve it. If they got it correct, they got to squirt the piece of cardboard with a squirt gun and knock it off the railing. The student thought this was amazing and it was a really effective strategy for him. You can do something similar and play different learning games with your student. There are a lot of great strategies and games in the learning styles guide that can help you come up with some games to play with your students. As I said before, making models can be really beneficial for kinesthetic students and it's actually a differentiated strategy. Having the student build something with their hands is going to help them internalize the features of what it is that they're creating, and in the end, they're going to have a complete model that they can then visually inspect. My final suggestion for kinesthetic learners is to use math manipulatives whenever possible. Anything can be a math manipulative. You can use M&Ms or other small pieces of candy, with mom and dad's permission, of course. You can use things like foam cubes. I have hundreds of them that I bought from the dollar store popsicle sticks, coins, Lego, anything can be a math manipulative. As long as you have enough of them so that the student can count and sort them, they're able to interact with math in a more concrete way. I've given you a rather brief summary about what exactly learning styles are, but there's even more information about them in the learning styles guide. So download a copy, use it in planning your tutoring sessions, and if you put it on your mobile device, you can take it with you everywhere you go. Thanks so much for joining me. The next episode will be released in two weeks, so check back for more news, development topics, tips, and stories from tutors just like you. Happy tutoring, and we'll talk to you next time.